2: Familiars. If you've seen something strange, if you've had an encounter with a paranormal, a cryptid, UFOs, Bigfoot, ghosts, anything strange, and you'd like to share your story, you can email us Strange Podcast at gmail.com. Speaking of encounters, we've got a whole grab bag of encounters tonight Stick Man, Albatwitch, Giant Fox, a haunted insane asylum, a black eyed man. Black dogs, spook lights, and a one eyed demon man. Before we get into our stories, though, I do want to thank Bart from UFO Weekly News. You can find them at ufoweeklynews.com. Bart sent me this really, really cool collection of cryptid figures from Etsy. I think he had sent them to Soraya first and heard me on Where Did the Rogo Go, saying that I like cryptids too, and he sent a set to me as well. So thanks so much, Bart. And check out UFO Weekly News at ufoweeklynews.com. So we're going to hear from three folks tonight. Let's start off with Chris, who's going to tell us about the stick man he saw, and then get into a very, very interesting account of a one-eyed man who was very sinister. Guess what he was wearing. Okay, we're talking with Chris, who has a couple of experiences he's going to share with us. Uh, stick Man and a uh, possible red eyed demon or, or something like it. Uh, but uh, I guess we'll start with the Stick Man. If you want to just walk yeah. us into that.
3: For sure. Yeah, no. Thanks so much, Tim. I, I appreciate you. Let me uh, tell these stories. I, I haven't told many people, and i um, really like to. Maybe get an answer if anybody out there has encountered anything similar.
2: Uh, That's one of the most interesting things of late. Whenever somebody brings something up, it's almost guaranteed somebody will say, I saw that too, which is really, really interesting.
3: Yeah, you know, um, and I'll I'll get into this with the uh, demon story, but I was telling my brother that uh, we were setting up this conversation and I thought he might listen to your show and I didn't want him to be surprised. So I told him a little bit about the, uh, the demon story, which I'll get to in a second. And um, he had a similar experience in the similar place that I'll bring up. But um, yeah, no, I'm just constantly surprised by this stuff as well. The sick man is probably like 10 or 11, was living in central Florida at the time. I was walking to my friend's house, you know, kind of a lucid neighborhood. It wasn't a very long walk, like maybe half a mile, three quarters of a mile. Um and there was a dirt road portion and the cool thing like with the dirt road is it really like the heat coming off the road just had this cool shimmering effect and it kind of changed on the dirt road. Yeah, so anyway, I'm walking down this dirt road and my attention's drawn to somebody walking on the other side of the road coming towards me. And I don't quite know how to describe it except it was A geometric stick man, almost like something that you see nowadays out of Minecraft, Mm -hmm. completely like rainbow colored, just like real bright reds and greens and blues, walking, just minding its own business, coming towards me on the other side of the road. And I distinctly remember this like it was yesterday. I, I saw a car coming down the road, and the stick thing was kind of you know, in the middle of the roadish. So I look up at the car, and my first thought is like, oh no, the car's going to run into this thing. The moment my head turns back, it's gone. But, you know, the entire short time I was contemplating it and interacting, I guess, passively with it, I never felt any kind of vibe, whether good or bad. If anything, it was an awareness, but a passive indifference,
2: did it move like a Minecraft man? Did it bend at the knees or
3: You know, um it had a pretty normal gait and I, I confess I've never played Minecraft. I've seen the screenshots, I don't know exactly how they move, but mm. um did you ever watch like this cartoon in like the late seventies, early eighties called Unico? No. No. It was a kid's cartoon about this unicorn. And there was one creepy episode that involved like this Pied Piper type of character that would play this melody on its flute and turn it turn people into like stickmen. and it moved just like that, all kind of creepy and slow and like kind of how a human would move if it suddenly found itself like two-dimensional and flat. Wow. And yeah, it it looked just like that, except it was all multicolored, you know, like real bright rainbow type colors. That's just um, bizarre. Like, what is that about?
2: So so you you couldn't see any like facial features or anything like that? It was just kind of colored for lack of a better description?
3: Yeah, yeah. um, Just colored for lack of a better description. It was um, no facial features, no hands, no feet, purely just like. You know, uh, low resolution pixelated blocks before I even kind of knew what that was as a thing. Because this probably happened in the late '80s, maybe like right around you know Mario was popular before the Super Nintendo, but you know, still. But it was even more blocky than like an early Nintendo game, if that's making any sense mm-hmm. at all.
2: Yeah, it's a well, you were given a sight of some sort of. Uh something before the great programmers skinned it right <laughs> exactly
3: yeah no for sure yeah that that definitely sounds like um like that and um something else that happened um many years later but in the mid 2000s i was working delivering pizzas it was way out in the country man so like you were always on your toes about finding these dirt roads or like these little houses or trailers off of a dirt road that was off of a dirt road And, um, I was, got out of my car with the pizzas and looked over my shoulder and there was like this little two foot tall, like dwarf deformed gnome looking thing on the front porch. I kind of just like rubbed my eyes or like shook my head and looked again and it was gone. Hmm. And, um, Listening to myself talk out loud, I have to say that I've never suspected or been diagnosed with any kind of mental illness or, you know, any issues like that. So,
4: well,
2: the but, stick man um, I've never heard before. Although I did have someone email me and say, "Has anyone ever reported stick man?" And I, I kind of, I don't know, you know. So, uh, whoever that was who emailed me, here you go. Yes, but the uh, the dwarf, or the I mean, the uh, the little gnomey kind of guy. Uh, I've actually had several reports of people seeing something like that and they describe it the same. They'll see it and then they'll look again and it's gone.
3: Okay. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. I remember it being a very intense experience and I told a couple coworkers about it and they laughed at me and made fun of me for the rest of the shift. And uh, we took it all in good humor. But uh, at the end of the day, I firmly believe I saw it and uh, don't know if I was meant to, but that was an experience for sure the demon story was like the big one and kind of the longer one but if you want i've got a spook light story from around the same geographical area in south carolina if you're interested sure so there's there's a spook light called bingham's light uh, near dillon south carolina and I, i lived about 40 minutes away from it at the time and i think it was maybe on the shadowlands in the early 2000s that we found directions to it so we're like you know, like me and my friends and their friends, there was probably like 10 of us decided to take like three cars and drive out there. And, um, one of my buddies had just gotten one of those, um, new at the time, Sony handheld digital camcorders that like records to tape, but had like the first generation, um, like infrared night vision on it. Yeah. I remember those. All right. Cool. Cool. So yeah, that's going to be kind of important in a second, but we, we park where the directions say to park, and we probably walked for two hours on this dirt farm road, not even thinking, like, how much trouble we could get into or possibly hurt, and, like, nobody would know, you know, what was going on. But um, we we get to this spot, like, over this little hill where the spook light's supposed to be seen, and, uh, man, this is embarrassing, but, like, a bunch of my friends were just, like, going all belligerent, like, yelling at the stars, talking, you know, just saying inappropriate things to the spook light if it's out there. Meanwhile, I, you know, I'm kind of a big dork. So I've got the uh, camera on, you know, the area with the infrared light on. And after 10, 15, 20 minutes of that, everybody gets bored and we decide to hike it back because it's getting super late at this point, probably like 2 or 3 a.m., You know, we get home, go to sleep, we pass out. Uh, It's a long, long day. I plug in the video camera the next day and I'm watching the footage. And this entire time I'm looking through the viewfinder of the video camera that I, when when I was recording it, I was looking through the viewfinder and I didn't see anything, you know, with my naked eye or with the viewfinder. But uh, when I plugged it in, there was a big hot infrared light right past my friends where we were looking at the spot where the light was supposed to appear. So it, you didn't see it when you didn't were there. see it with the naked eye, but it showed up on the camera.
4: Huh.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Um, and how big was that?
3: It was not insubstantial. It was like maybe... You know, when you're out in the country and it's pitch black, it, car headlights at 50 feet are going to be super bright. Probably something about like that. Wow! So you did get to see him, just not while you were there. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was a real noggin scratcher. Yeah, I, I don't really know what to make of that one.
2: The lights are some of the most interesting things to me regarding all of this because they show up with all aspects of the phenomenon. But I have no clue what to say about. It. You know, it, we could do light shows every week, and. It amounts to describe what you saw, and then I don't have you know. There's not much else to say other than you know we saw lights and and uh, they were there you know, but uh, I'm endlessly fascinated by
3: it. Yeah, and I'm with you on that. I, I definitely, I love hearing your stories about the lights, especially stuff at like Site Seven. Um, I feel like I've gotten the uh the short version preview like the movie trailer and uh you know some other folks out there with some of their experiences and analysis are definitely getting the longer version of the same movie and mm. um i'd like to see more of it you know from an analytical point of view it's 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 definitely fascinating
2: yeah there's something about i don't i mean there's certainly you know certainly if you saw a big creature or something would be way more intimidating But there's definitely, I mean, spook lights are like the appropriate name for them. There's definitely something spooky about them because I know for me, I'm just looking at them and I'm just running through this catalog. Like, what, I'm speaking of the Site 7 lights specifically. Like, what is that? What could it be? Like, what are the, you know, the 500 things that it could be? And you're just eliminating one after another after another. And, you know, eventually you just get to, I I don't know what it is. I have no clue what that is. And I, I think that JR that was with me that night. You know, he comes down way harder on the on the flesh and blood side of the Bigfoot thing. So he was in no way ready, I don't think, to experience those lights. He was ready to debunk any way possible. And he just, after a while, he just like, what are those? I don't know what those are. You know, he, he was faced with this complete smack upside the head of just weirdness.
3: Yeah, no, and I think that's like how like the other, you know, quote unquote, gets us. It seems to be something so simple that it's accessible almost immediately and you know, able to draw the curiosity. But the longer you analyze it, the more it, it just kind of messes with you, like it doesn't fit into any larger picture that we can understand. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the demon story. I need to get, off, get that off my chest. All right. Uh, so this happened when I was about 17 or 18. I um, was at my house. And it was probably sometime in the mid-afternoon, and I decided I was going to take a nap because I was tired. So I'm laying down in my bed, and I've got this weird feeling going over my body. I can't really describe it, and I've since come to understand it as the feeling that precedes an out-of-body experience or something other of, like, a parasomnia, you know, sleep paralysis, which has happened to me pretty recently with the same exact feeling. I, I've heard some people describe it as, like, a buzzing.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: For me, it's more of a incomparable stillness of both mind with, like, a very heavy feeling in the body that almost is, like, pulling you towards sleep versus as, like, drifting off towards sleep, if that makes sense. Yeah. All right, so... Immediately, I'm taking this nap. I'm just like, bam. I'm back, standing up, and everything just feels weird. It's like I'm walking through water that's over my head with the current pushing slightly against me. Like every step, every movement is requiring extreme concentration and effort. And I kind of figured something's up. And... I walk out of my bedroom, which was on the second floor with like a little balcony and stairways and a landing going down to the first floor of the house. And on the landing is a disheveled, dirty, homeless-looking dude in like his mid-40s, early 50s, and one of his eyes is missing. And it's just this big, red, shining, gaping hole. It's like the only thing you can notice. And because maybe I'm stupid, uh, I was like, what are you doing here? What is this? Get out of my house. And I don't remember verbatim what he said. I wish, I wish I did. But it was something along the lines of, we want your soul. And maybe that was influenced by like a very heavy catholic upbringing i'm not quite sure or maybe it was just a manifestation of you know other kinds of fears but i was already feeling very much on alert and just like i don't know if the hair can stand up on the back of your neck in an out-of-body experience but if it can it definitely was and it at that point, i remembered reading in some, you know, book somewhere. It's like, well, you can get out of an out-of-body experience by trying to wiggle your fingers. And I devoted all of my concentration to that. And the next thing I know, I'm in my bed. It's probably about 40 minutes later. And I'm a little concerned. I chalk it up to maybe a lucid dream or something like that. But um, it's kind of hard to tell the story. But, I um, so I want to get out of the house at that point. So I call up my buddy, Mike, Mike, if you're listening, please get in touch with me and let me know, like verify this for me because, you know, I need some validation, but um, we decided to meet at the local bookstore in town that had like a coffee shop in like small town, South Carolina. It was like the only place to hang out really. So I get there a little bit later And see his car in the parking lot. So I walk in. He's talking to somebody kind of near the cafe, a little bit away from the entrance. And I walk up and kind of insert myself into the conversation. And it's the same dude. Missing eye. Big red gaping hole, which is just so creepy. Um, Same clothes. And, you know, they're not talking about the weather. They're not like they're having some kind of discussion on like ethics and morality. And it was just a conglomeration of weirdness that I couldn't quite take. So I I turned on my heel and excused myself and uh, went outside to take a few deep breaths. And uh, Mike met me out there eventually. I just don't know what to make of that because i would never seen that person before or since. Wow. The soul overtones of the out-of-body experience combined with like the ethical mold. Moral overtones of their conversation is even more stark because it seemed like the one eyed guy was making a point of like, do what you want to do, you know. Only I can't really explain it, except he was, it sounded to me like he was saying, hurting other people isn't going to make any difference. Just do what you want to do. Like, morals and ethics are pointless, which, you know, I mean, you could have a philosophical debate on that and make some good points on either side, but it just didn't seem very, very good. You know, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Do you remember what he was wearing?
3: You know, Tim, I, I hesitate to tell you this because I'm not trying to hang on to this story. And I don't know if like listening to your podcast is like influencing me, but I have always been like 99% sure there was like a red flannel Shirt over top of the t-shirt with like some dirty work pants
2: Dude, I'm laughing because, of course, I'm not laughing at your story it's it i'm I'm at the point where I'm wondering if I can be stunned by anything with this flannel man thing anymore, and you know, like you're saying, maybe you in retrospect you've clothed him that way. I understand that I understand that's a possibility, but I would not be surprised in the least if that was the case.
3: I, you know, it was a real popular look at the time. Like, you know, this was like the grunge thing was, you know, mostly dead, but the scene, you know, emo scene thing hadn't quite. So, I mean, like, you know, especially in like rural South Carolina, you know, flannel's still a thing. It's never been not a thing. Sure. And I, you know, I sent you that PDF describing this encounter, and I purposely left that out of there. And I wasn't going to say anything unless you asked to not color the uh, narrative falsely if I couldn't verify that. But, In all my memories, man, it's like an open-button red flannel shirt. Yeah, and, you know, mostly what I remember is that eye and, like, the scraggly, patchy facial hair. Yeah. yeah, it was just so weird.
2: It's an odd thing for someone missing an eye not to wear an eye patch, I guess. I mean, uh, you know, far be it for me to uh, think poorly of someone. I mean, you look like what you look like. If you're missing an eye, you're missing an eye. But I can't say that I've ever seen that.
3: Yeah, you know, and I've I've since seen it like, a couple TV shows and stuff, but never in real life, and, um, you know, it kind of gets weirder, man, so, like, my wife grew up in the same hometown I did, and she's, you know, significantly, well, not significantly, she's about eight years younger than me, give or take, and if she hears this, she's going to kill me for not remembering exactly, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so, she remembers the same guy from the same bookstore, and... She was quite a bit younger, I can't remember how old she told me she was, but he made a comment about the uh, jumper that she was wearing, like something along the line of, like, I like your jumper. And the fact that she saw him and remembers it too is doubly weird.
2: Yeah. Was it a small enough town where if you were a regular at this bookstore, you would see the same people on a regular basis, enough to to recognize them?
3: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, for sure. Like, everybody knew pretty much everybody. You never
2: saw this guy before or after that incident yourself, I mean? No.
3: Huh. Never saw him before or after that incident. Actually, in telling my brother that I was maybe going to be on your show, and, you know, not to be surprised if he heard me, which um, until I told him that, he never listened to your show, but I think he's a listener now, so, you know, right. that's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He reminded me of a time when he told me that he saw shadow people on that same stairway landing, and apparently I told him um, normal people don't see those, and I feel really bad because uh, out of context, it's not the message I wanted to give off, but yeah, no, that's it's just, I don't know what to make of it. Yeah. uh,
2: Was there ever anything else about that house that was particularly strange or odd, or?
3: You know, that entire period of life was kind of topsy-turvy in that house specifically. I can't say there was anything else strange or odd that's happened. I'll probably think of something and email you within the next 24 hours. It'll just dawn on me. But. Um,
2: and did you have other out-of-body experiences after that one? I know you said you had the one kind of sleep paralysis thing somewhat recently.
3: Yeah, yeah. No. So the sleep paralysis was probably like two weeks ago and I think that was just straight up sleep paralysis and it was kind of cool because in that hypnagogic state between waking and asleep, I everything was kind of glowing and vibrating with like these threads of different colors. But I don't know what to make of that and could probably just chunk that up to some kind of a hypnagogic phenomena.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But better that than some weird entity.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, about a year ago, I was um, experimenting with um, meditation and some yoga and some breathing exercises just for kind of like generalized stress relief. And I was um, laying in bed meditating on um, compassion, kind of not really knowing what I was doing. But uh, I soon found myself in that same kind of stillness of being pulled down towards sleep. And next thing I know, I'm out of body, and I feel that same presence of the same thing I felt, just like that absolute evil that I felt when I saw the thing with the, with the red eye. And um, out of body, I went down my hallway and turned a corner, and I didn't see him but I felt him and there was like this glowing, pulsating purple light in the corner of my living room. And at that point in time, I just kind of had enough of this and I decided I was going to fight back and didn't really know how. But the next thing I knew, like my being or my awareness just kind of exploded into like this supernova of like white energy. If that doesn't sound too weird and I was back in my body and I woke up and nothing's happened since. And that was about a year ago. So
2: still that's, it's interesting that to have the feeling of him there without seeing him
3: again. Yeah. And you know, I can describe that feeling as just like pure existential dread. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's just a feeling of like, Nothing about this is good, like good for you, good for your friends, good for anybody, good at all. And I, right? Uh, I don't don't know what kind of sense to make of that. I, I just know that uh, fighting back seems to be the answer.
2: Yeah, trust your instincts and whatever whatever you did worked. So you know it's it's. I think there's different ways to sort of focus and get out of this stuff when you need to. I think it's it's valuable to know how to do that,
3: yeah, definitely agreed, and it always kind of takes me back to um you know those stories that I've, I've read and heard from shows like yours where people may be having an encounter with a gray or something like that, and uh saying the Lord's Prayer works like even if they're not Christian, but like if mm-hmm. they believe it's gonna work, then it works i
2: yeah, you know, I jokingly said, and it's not my original phrase, I, I read it somewhere, I said, pray the gray away, and uh, <laughs> and someone was uh, goofing on it on Facebook, I saw, and then I saw the, someone else said, hey, it works, don't even, you know, like, who cares, it works, and uh, that's kind of my theory with that stuff, it's like, does it matter if it works, you know, <laughs> like, if it works, it works. But and I, I think it. You know, you could argue that it's maybe. If you didn't want to be religious about it, you could argue that it's maybe just a way to focus your intention. And like, I'm cool with that. You know, like if that's. Yeah. I'm I'm totally cool with that that explanation for it. That's fine by me.
3: No, and I think that's what it comes down to. And that's that's the phrase I was looking for was was the focus of the intention. And um, you know, even if the words aren't necessarily yours and they're coming from some religious text, if the intention behind them. You know, or if your intention behind them is good, I think that's what matters.
2: Yeah, I think so. Well, I have to speculate on the one-eyed man being Odin. If I don't, people will yell at me. Whoa. As as we have established that Odin is a wild man, and and I've called Flannel Man half a wild man, so we have to look at him as a possible Odinic archetype. What that means in the landscape of your experience, I don't know, but I did want to mention that so somebody didn't yell at me for not mentioning it.
3: (laughs) You know, I don't know how I didn't put those together. I've heard you mention that the flannel man had some Odin archetypes going on, and i yeah, no, I'm pulling up uh Odin um to kind of Google see if anything fits like archetypical wise there
4: mm-hmm.
3: yeah i think I think you're onto something there, but um, yeah, I just don't know what to make of it i I will testify in any court at any time from here until whenever that the experience happened and that I saw him in real life shortly thereafter. Yeah. That's
2: so amazing. So even if we're not talking about like, let's say he is, he was a real person, uh, you know, flesh and blood. If you were given that preview, like that's another, like kind of glitch in the matrix kind of moment, you know, where, where you were given this sort of preview of him in your OBE it's bizarre, but there seems to be... I mean, it just has that weirdness feel of these... Not even saying this guy is, is necessarily a flannel man, but it has that weird feeling of these other flannel man accounts to it.
3: Yeah, and, you know, like, what this one had that I, I don't know if the other flannel men have had, but, you know, you're, you feel free to correct me, is this one just had, like, on both sides of it, in the OBE and in the Waking World, it just had this air of ill-intent is is the way I would describe it.
2: Yeah, very few of them. We've, we've had like one or two, I think the woman who woke up, uh, she and her daughter saw the guy that was in her house. I don't think she was real happy with the feeling. And then uh, I had an early flannel man where um, a woman saw him as a little girl, red glowing eyes, I think is one of the two I have where it had glowing eyes. And uh, she was not real happy with him. She got a really negative feeling from it. But for the most part, yeah, most people are not reporting negative experiences or feelings or anything
3: yeah that's just crazy i'm perpetually scratching my head i think it's awesome that you're out there collecting the stories and
2: well chris thank you so much for sharing yours
3: yeah no thank you tim you guys have a wonderful night
2: Strange Familiars is brought to you by our patrons. I want to thank our patrons, every one of you. You make Strange Familiars possible. If you like what we do here at Strange Familiars and you want to help us continue to make the show, please consider becoming a patron at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. We do full extra shows every month for our patrons, at least one extra show every month. Sometimes we do two, even three sometimes. And $3 a month gets you that extra content and helps us make Strange Familiars. There are other levels of support as well. You can get things like t-shirts, stickers, pins, patches, and more. You can check out all the levels of support at Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a monthly subscription, you can help us out with a one-time donation. Check out the show notes at strangefamiliars.com. And there's a paypal.me link there. That helps a great deal as well. Another thing that helps is if you like and subscribe to Strange Familiars wherever you're listening. And give us nice five-star reviews. Now we're going to hear from Joe, who's going to tell us a story about a giant fox he saw, about a scary trip to a haunted insane asylum, and something very, very strange that he and his mother saw in a restaurant. We're talking with Joe, who had a experience with a a strange animal and and a couple other experiences as well, but can you start us off with this this weird fox creature
5: yeah so i grew up up by like rochester new york um outside in like the small town farm country houses like every like 500 yards or so and um my barn was across the street we had our chicken coop over there and the pasture and all that so home alone 14 13 14 years old uh, look across the street and i see a fox, but well, what I thought was a fox, come out of like the tree line. So I grabbed the 22, was on the porch, run across the street. And uh well, no, didn't run across the street, ran up to the street. I'm probably about 10, 12 feet away from it. And it's like literally like the same height as me. I'm not super tall, but I was probably like five, one, five, two at the time. And it's just like, look at me in the eyes and I'm looking at this thing. And the only thing I find online that like a actual animal that it looked like was like a red maned wolf from South America. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I'm not. But um, I'll look it up. Yeah, it looks like a really tall fox with like a bigger mane around it. Really, really long legs, and that's like it was real splendor. But like was like I was looking at this thing like almost eye level. Like, well, this is the biggest fox I've ever seen, and I was like, I don't think this 22 is gonna stop it because I shot like a possum or raccoon, you know hit him a couple times, you know, that rabies or whatever, trying to put him down and, you know, a couple bullets it took for each one. So I was like, I don't got enough. I don't got enough guns for this thing. And it's looking at me. And it, I don't know. it's probably, I felt like it was a long time just staring at this thing and you know, I didn't raise the gun or anything. And like, I just got this, like, you're not going to shoot me like laughing at me. And then literally instead of turning around and walking back in the woods, it, like backed up, you know, most, you know, dogs or anything, and it don't walk straight back. But this thing, like, walked back into the woods, like, just creeped back a couple steps, gone. Never saw it again. But, yeah, that was uh, that was one thing, and it just how big it was. I told my dad, he said it was like a coyote with mange and all this, but then he was laughing, like, oh, well, that burial mound is over there because probably about 20 feet away was this mound that, when I was real young, it was a lot taller. Maybe it was because of, like, I was younger, but I think I got eroded over time, and, uh, you know, this is, like, I'm 33, so I remember it from when I was, like, six, seven years old, just always being over there, and it was, like, really right next to that thing that happened. So that was, like, the first weird thing that, besides, like, I don't know, my house was, I think it was haunted, but my parents were always, like, oh, it's the house settling, it's the house settling, was an old-ass house, excuse my French. You know, it seemed like, you know, shadows out of the corner of my eyes, like just movement and stuff and just everyone's like, oh, it's your imagination, which it probably was. But I asked my dad a couple months ago, like, hey, what's up with the footsteps on this, you know, the stairs, the hallway creaking all night long. And he was like, oh, I never heard any of that. Cause he goes, cause I snore too loud. I was like, well, the house is haunted. He laughed, he goes, probably, you know, <laughs> something like that. But with, besides that, <laughs> I'm not too much at the house. So then obviously I knew best when I was like 17. Moved out, moved to the city. I was living in a punk house at the time with a couple people. You know, a couple of people lived on the couch. I shared a room with somebody. One of them was named John, and then we had a friend named Ray. And being bored, having no money, we used to break into this old psych hospital. It's about like 15 stories high. This is probably like this, one of the, well, one of the scariest moments of my life. So it was like a really rainy night, and we'd been in this place probably like 15, 20 times. You know, you always thought you heard footsteps or saw like something out of the corner of your eye, but like there was always people in there doing graffiti, people would go there and party. But as we went, the more and more we went, you know, the less people we saw, because they had a security car that would go by every hour. So you kind of had to watch, wait for it to go by, and we would jump up on the, you can't do it anymore, but there was a shed we climb up on the shed and then jump up onto a roof that had like a little castle wall around it and uh the first weird thing that was for real that like wasn't just our imaginations was we got finally got up to the roof because there's a lot of doors that are locked so you had to like go from one wing to the other to go up staircases the elevator shafts are empty so it's pretty like sketchy in there so um when we got to the top we opened the hatch the roof they're like oh you go first you go first So I went up on the roof and I get up on the roof and um, I hear, and I know because we had goats and um, one time somebody bought one and they didn't have anywhere to kill it. So he's like, hey, can I do it here? And, you know, I heard what a goat sounded like getting a throat slit. And in the woods, literally at the bottom of the tower or, you know, the building, hear a goat screaming like it's getting a throat cut. I was like, oh, shoot, no one's going to believe me if I'm hearing this. So I... Reached behind me, and it was actually Ray, grabbed his arm, yanked him up. And I was like, Yo, you hear that? He's like, Oh, what the hell? What's going on? I don't want to go back down out there. You know, it was just, it was real intense screaming. Obviously, no one else heard it, made fun of us. So, Ray, he doesn't believe in any ghosts, nothing. He wasn't scared. He, he was like, I'm not scared of anything. There's no spirits here. There's nothing bad here. Because there's all sorts of rumors, like um, experiments on patients. It closed in 89. And I think it was probably open in the early 60s so it wasn't open very long but it got shut down for some reason and um I was working construction at the time and every construction crew that went there like quit within a couple days saying it was haunted people were getting seriously injured so no one like no to this day like everything around it from the ground up brand new new mental hospital uh all new businesses everything all around it all done up at this building they will not touch and they've tried to turn into apartments for the colleges just no one wants to work on it, i guess so the goat screaming was like the one weird thing and then being broke and kind of scumbags we decided to uh, <coughs> go in there and the copper prices during the time were really high we're like yo the basement is loaded with copper wire and piping we wouldn't even have to cut anything literally reach up." pull down fill a couple bags we we're like oh we'll get to eat like have a good time you know like whatever so i'm completely sober like i don't i didn't drink i didn't smoke I didn't anything uh the one kid drank and the other kid didn't so we're like okay we're going go there. It's a real dark rainy night The wind's going crazy you know perfect spooky night so we're all like joking like oh tonight's the night we're gonna get you know the ghosts are gonna come get us we're all laughing <laughs> stop it <laughs> you know it was it was pretty intense. And uh, you know, the weather, we were like, Oh, it's real like real bad out here. At least like we knew inside the building really well, so we were like at least when we're inside, like, you know, the weather can't affect us, not a big deal. So being broke and kind of scumbag ish, I I knew a lot of homeless people. I'm not saying that if you're friends with homeless people you're a scumbag, but I just hung out where I was and, you know, gave homeless people my cans, because, you know, whatever. So they would swing by once in a while. We knew this one guy. We called him Voodoo Bomb, because he had like a skull, like a little tiny skull knock on all the time and had like a staff. And we were always super nice to Voodoo Bomb, not that like, I don't know, the other ones would laugh, but I was super nice to him, so like, I don't want no voodoo put on me. So we're at the gas station about to go. We got bags, tools, flashlights, everything. We see Voodoo Bomb and he creeps out of like the corner and he's looking at us all crazy. He goes, what you guys gonna do tonight? And we're like, you know, gonna go, go gonna do some things. He's like, oh, be careful, they are out tonight. We were like, what's out tonight? He's like, they're out tonight. So, I, you know, we're all thinking like, oh, like maybe, you, you know, some people out robbing people or something because, you know, it's a pretty violent city. So we are like, ah, whatever, no one's gonna be where we're going, so whatever. So we get there, park, carry our bags, we sit where we always sit, wait for the truck to go by, run up, jump in. And uh, when you jump up on the castle wall, you caught, as I was saying earlier, you climb over, and then somebody, all the windows are all boarded up with plywood up to, like, the third floor. And uh, there's a chain-link fence, and when you climb through that, you're in a stairwell. We knew to go down, obviously, you get to the basement, but we knew, because we have been in there a bunch, that going down that one, you had to crawl under a bunch of pipes, probably, like, 10, 12 feet. It kind of sucked. You know, you had to you know, get down, like, you know two feet above you. And crawl, you know, with a flashlight and cobwebs and all that. Carrying a bag, you know, you don't want to be the first person, you don't want to be the last person. Right. Obviously, I was, you know, I was the last person, which continues for the rest of the night. So we really knew this place really, really well. Like we got to the point where we could mess with other people that were in there. Like if they like, you know, we try sp- try to spook other people. You know, we had a good time in there. So we we really knew the building really well. Except for one wing that was like welded shot all the way up. And that's where supposedly the morgue was in one of those, in that wing and one of the floors. We didn't know which one, but we thought it'd be so cool to find and take pictures in the morgue and all that. Never could find the morgue. So we're crawling under. It's going the same way. Everything's exactly the same. No bad feelings, no bad vibes, nothing. We're feeling great. So we're crawling through, and it's taking, like quite a bit longer than like, you know, the eight ten feet. And I'm like, yo, are you leading us the wrong way? Like, which way are we going? He's like, yeah, I don't know. He goes, but we're still in the basement. We're, we're good. So we stand up when we get out and we're in a hallway that leads to another staircase and we all get really excited. We kind of forget about the copper for a minute, you know, that we're there for something cause we're like, we're in the other wing. We have never seen this part of the building, you know? So we start walking up the stairs, and the next, uh, the stairway is blocked with like a chain fence. They try to keep people out of there pretty well. You know, they block off like the roof access and all that stuff once in a while. But you know, we just break through. But so the chain link fence blocking us from going up. So we know. Well, we'll just get out here and go to this, all the wings are the same. So we'll go to the other end of the hallway where the staircase is. They'll go down to the basement, and we'll just continue. And then now that we know to like i don't know how we figured we were gonna get back there but we just figured we had to crawl a different direction to get back to the spot so we weren't too worried about it the hallway is probably like i want to say like 20 30 feet long with like we had a very light like, hot i mean it was obviously a mental hospital but it had like a school vibe the whole thing felt like they really viewed people with mental disorders as like children like it was just like bunnies painted on the walls And mind you, you know, no one's been in it for like 20 years, so it's all paint and looks like, you know, the paint's peeling where it looks like giant claws are scratching and stuff like that, you know, extra spooky. So it's just like carrots with, you know, rabbit heads and just weird stuff all over the walls or like people are doing graffiti, like real crazy stuff. No graffiti in this wing. like no one has been here in a long time, lots of dust. So we're walking down, checking all the doors, all the doors are locked, which is weird because, you know, the rest of the building is pretty open except for this one wing We probably get, like, 10 feet away from the door. And I'm just feeling like, oh, wow, it just seems like I feel like, you know, we should turn around. I'm thinking it. And I'm looking at the kid, John, who does believe in, like, you know, ghosts and spirits or whatever. And uh, he's looking all wide-eyed. And then uh, Ray's just shaking his head like, you guys are trying to get me. Like, he strides ahead. And all of a sudden, he stops. And we hear, we We all stop at once. And um, he's, like, a step ahead of us. We hear, like, I, ca- I can't do it, but, like, you know, either the, it sound like the wind, like, hitting the corner or something, making, like, a high-pitched, like, girl scream almost, but, like, one note. So we're all, like, that's the wind. Like, you know, why we were not worried about this. It's just the wind. We're all laughing, like, oh, you know, your heart's going. We're, like, oh, like, you're scared. No, you're scared. And I was, like, all right, whatever. So I, you know, take a couple steps to where I'm shining the light at the door, it's just a solid door, and um, walk in and then all of a sudden the same scream, and it sounds more like like it sounds like a little girl screaming. And then this time another scream joins in with it. So every step we take, cause I'm like I need to like uh, raise yelling like oh somebody's messing with us. They got they got a stereo behind that door. I know it. I know it. So we're walking. We're probably like we'd only move like two three feet. And I was like I can't stop anymore. I'm looking at at John and he's looking at me like I can't move. It felt like, like, a I don't know, it felt like, like trying to walk through water, but not wet. Like, I wasn't wet feeling, it was just heavy. Like, I, I, it was intense. Like, I never felt anything like that. Like, hairs on the back of my neck were standing off. So, I take like a half a step forward. It's like you just hear, like, my ears, I can't hear anything. It'll ring and I just scream and just like, sounds like 10, 15 voices screaming, and then. The, it would be like they, just, they wouldn't stop but like one would stop and then another one would keep going so it was like that like whatever it was catching them about to do it this kid uh ray the one that doesn't believe anything goes this place is he swears uh, I've been haunted and books it. he starts running and, and you know i'm not gonna stick around so i start <laughs> running and i'm the one with the two bags so we're running we're running uh john's in front of me He's uh, raising in front and I'm running in the back and I'm, I was like pretty fat at the time. So I'm like trying to keep up and carry these tools because it was like what I needed for work. So I was like, I'm not like leaving these, you know, like I need these. So I'm running, we crawl under the pipes and I'm hearing like, I don't know what it was, but there was something behind me like footsteps, footsteps. And I was like, but like, mm-hmm, like, like it's something like, off was like not like heavy like boom 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 but was something like soft and then it would drag it was like a step and then a drag it was like right behind me underneath the the pipes and i'm crawling i don't want to turn around because i'm just moving and uh all i can see is like the dude's butt in front of me like we get out start running up the stairs we go up we had to go up two flights so we're running. i'm hearing this, this i don't know what was movement behind me they jump, but he goes, dive into the thing. The mar- John gets stuck and I'm like a little, probably like four or five steps behind. I literally throw my bag before me to dive head first, catch my whole jeans, my shirt, everything ripped on this chain link. I'm standing there looking at my shirt. I don't hear the noise behind us. I was like, Whew. we all like scramble all the way to the opposite side of the wall away from the opening. We're all leaning there. I was like, you guys hear those footsteps? And they're like, yeah, what the hell is this? And then we start laughing cause you know, we're a bunch of, you know, cocky young men. We don't think, like, you know, We no one wants to be, like, the weak guy, you know. We're just, we don't ma- want to get made fun of and all that. So it was, like, a sigh of relief, like, oh, we out, we're safe. Like, so we're laughing, laughing. All of a sudden, probably we are laughing for, like, 10, 15 seconds. All the plywood on the the walls of the windows all around us, they're all boarded up. Just start shaking fists. Are, it sounded like fists were pounding every window all the way around us, probably, like, Time windows like ninety five. We I tell you we did not look to see if security was there. We just threw our bags over. I didn't even jump on the shed. I jumped off, hit the ground, rolled, grabbed my bags, and we didn't like. Normally there's like a you know stealthy approach to get in and out. We did not care. We ran right across busy intersection, right to the car, and uh, drove away. And no. Me and John talked about it once after that, and the other guy refused to even say that we went there. And he called us liars, all sorts of stuff. He was he was real angry when we brought that up. Oh, really? Yeah, he was not. I think it because it scared him more than anything. Because like he didn't think of anything like that before. You know what I mean?
2: Did you ever go back
4: there?
5: Yeah, like so. I was terrified for like five, six years, and I was like. I, I will never go back in there that was scary and then I kind of like kind of had the realization when I stopped living my life in such a poor poor lifestyle I came to the realization that if I didn't go there with the intent to like take something out of the building I would be fine you know what I mean mm-hmm. and uh honestly the view from the roof is the most beautiful thing like the city lit up and you can see the stars if you look away from the city so you know probably like eight Years later, I went back in there. Didn't have any problems, no issues, nothing. I don't know if I'd have gone back. You know, like I really, got, I really was so I did. I don't know, maybe I did some research. I, you know, I read some books on things along these lines, and I was like, you know, what, I really feel like whatever it was what, does not like people messing with the building. Like that's what it is. Mind you, they're not taking something, not trying to change the place. I don't know, but for all the real estate that goes up, it's the one building that hasn't been touched and it would make, like, an amazing apartment complex for the college, like, really, really would I just had a really good feeling about going back after, you know, I was like, well, I'm not going to take anything. I'm not here to piss them off, so. Right,
4: right.
5: <laughs> Yeah. Did you go into the same area or did you kind of stick to Oh, the- no, no, I won't go. Uh, you couldn't pay me enough to go in the basement, like, not nah, anywhere. I will not call in any, any apartment. I went to the roof and that was it. Like, I knew my, I knew the way to get there, like, I was not going in the basement. No. No, that's off limits for me. Did you go by yourself? Uh no, I went with uh one or two other people the the last time I went, yeah. Wouldn't no, I wouldn't go in there by myself either. Like even before that happened I wouldn't go in there. It just it doesn't have like a real good vibe. And I think it's just like the atmosphere style air, like it's kinda of damp in spots and you know, just the paint debris. There's a lot of weird, interesting things in there, like it uh, it closed in 89, and uh, the Bills went to the Super Bowls, which, you know, they're an hour away, so there's a lot of fans here, went to the Super Bowl in 91, 92, and 93, and I think on the 13th floor in one of the bathrooms, in the men's bathroom, um, each stall is plastered, there's three stalls, one stall has 91 newspaper clippings, literally from, like, the stall from the bottom to the top on the ceiling, the floor, everything, uh, 91. And then the next stall is 92, and 93 newspaper clippings from the Buffalo Bills. Huh. Kind, of, kind of weird that somebody went in there, like, you know, two years after, and then every year since to decorate a bathroom on the 13th floor, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But there's, yeah, there's a lot. Of, you know, there's a lot of urban legends and stuff about the place, but um, I did a lot of research on it to see, like, if the... Doctors doing experiments on patients; those like stories were true and all that. And I can find it. One guy got charged with like malpractice or something, if I remember. But it wasn't like on the scale of what people said. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How it's made out to be. Okay. But yeah, it definitely has like, yeah, <laughs> it's an interesting place for sure.
2: So there's one more account that you were talking about. Uh, in uh is it happening in a Chinese yeah. restaurant?
5: Yeah. So this is a little bizarre. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not, this is just what I thought. I'm just telling you what I thought. I don't know why I believe about the situation, but this is what I saw. So not, my mom, she's super, super Christian, loves love God and believes in the demons having an effect on your lives and all this. And so we go to this Chinese restaurant by a college that we'd heard had good takeout, but um, so we, I don't know, we, anyways, we go there. We'd never been there. And it's like empty. There's no one in there except for one kind of large um, man sitting at the, a table, like three, you know, not a very big place, three, four tables away from us. So the staff comes out. Like, there was a lot of staff for like how dead it was, you know. Normally, mm-hmm. places have, you know, a couple people, like waiters and waitresses, but there was like three or four of them, the hostess. Everything. So we order our food. We're sitting there. It's taking a while to get our food. And as we're sitting there, my mom's not comfortable. You can really tell, like her eyes get a little shifty and all that. Like she just starts looking around. Like I don't know. I could tell it was something. You know, my mom. I just know my mom real well. She gets a little crazy looking her eye when she's feeling some type of way about something. So she's looking uncomfortable. And I'm like, "What's up?" And she's like, "Do you hear this?" And I look and this. Well, I had noticed that the dude had about like four plates full of food in front of them and like a stack of like dirty dishes like next to him, like small plates and appetizer stuff just stacked up. And they were coming out, bringing them more food, a steady stream of food going to him and then the plates getting taken like real quick. And he's eating and he's eating and we we, you know, I mean I guess it's not polite, but we're like, you know, this guy can really put it away. Like he must be really hungry. Like I've never seen anyone eat the food and we're like joking like, you know, maybe he's training for like a food competition. So all of a sudden, like, we're still waiting for our food. We didn't even get our drinks or anything yet. And we, we just hear, like, a real, he's the, the man that's eating all the food and starts talking in um, what I assume is Chinese. I don't, you know, I'm not a language expert, but I've probably heard enough. that I assume, I guess it sounded like Mandarin to me. And a really deep voice, like, a real deep voice, like, the deepest man's voice you ever heard he's talking in. And then uh, all of a sudden he puts his hands on the table and he like kinda pushes back a little bit in his chair and he's like in like a higher voice kinda like mine. He's like, I'm done, I'm done, I can't eat anymore. I just can't eat anymore. And the people are like ha- like, you know, stopped halfway when he did that and then just continued bringing it like sat food down, took the plates. He's like, I'm telling you I can't eat anymore and he like smacks his fist on the table. And um, the voice, the deep voice, he talks to himself, he's talking to himself, answered in Mandarin or Chinese. And he's like, said something like, you can tell it was an argument he was having with himself. And my mom's like, eyes get real wide. And I'm like, this guy is crazy. Like, like he's like having a conversation about not eating, but he's still eating. Like, it's crazy. Like, I'm not thinking anything about that. She's like, she's just whispering. She goes, that's a demon. She starts praying under, you know, she starts praying under her breath, and literally this guy, he's like, "I'm telling you, I'm done." He starts smashing his fist. A couple of plates fall. Meanwhile, we're like, we were really hungry. I, I think I just got out of work something, and we were starving. We're like, we want our food to go now. And then I look at my mom and like, I start feeling like, this is like, this is getting way too intense. I was like, I'm but we should just get out of here before we could even get up. He smashed his fist down. Pushes himself up, and the bathroom was probably like three, four feet away, three, excuse me, three, four feet away, and he like stumbles to it, like struggling to get in the bathroom, get in the bathroom. And that all like holy hell, that we felt. So I guess that's an oxymoron, but just sounded like screaming, smashing. It sounded like the whole bathroom was getting turned upside down. The deep voice is just screaming like loud. The whole place seems like it's just when the sound was shaking, how loud it was. And then uh my mom she's like saying finishing up what she's saying under her breath pain. I think she starts saying, like, in the name of Jesus, protect us or something like that. And when she said that, the dude came out completely calm, like looked like he was sweating a lot, sits down, doesn't say anything, and just starts eating. And my mom's like, We need to go. I was like, Yeah, amen. I'm like, yeah, we do wow. <laughs> Yeah, so that that was about the other one. Yeah. Did the staff the guy, look like
2: they were reacting to him? The, you know the, the staff no, at the that's
5: now if i as a staff was reacting i would have thought this guy's just like doing it for attention or is a crazy person you know need, need some help but the staff like ignored just ignored that he was even doing any of this wow. i like, just kept doing bringing him food and i'm telling you this guy probably ate, like we we're probably there for eight ten minutes he probably ate like six plates plus, you know, egg rolls on plates and all that stuff. Like, you know, I mean, a bunch of stuff. He just looked like a guy training for a competition eating just stuff in his face. I was, wow. Yeah, it was, it was pretty intense, yeah. Man. Yeah, that's a weird so one. I, yeah, just re- real bizarre. I'm, you know, my mom, you know, obviously. That's a demon. That guy's up by a demon, and they're in on it. She's like, we're never going to get again. I think the place definitely closed down. Uh, I think we drove by a couple months later when it was closed, and we were both, like, pretty happy about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, glad it was closed because no one needs to go there. <laughs> wow. To go all the way back to the beginning and
2: this fox creature, did it look just like a a normal, like, red fox just kind of enlarged?
5: Okay, so, yeah, I should have explained that a little more. It um looked... Like, body-wise, a little bigger, like, it's a little more muscular, like, you know, foxes, especially around here. Like, we have really big coyotes out around here. They're supposedly, I watched some documentary, they're mixed with wolves from yeah. like northeastern Canada. You know, they came down and all that. So, mm-hmm. I know what a coyote looks like. Like, I've sh- you know, shot at a couple and all that. And uh, it looked like a fox. The face was a little more in between a fox and a wolf. But it had like where it's like a, a mane like behind its neck, like was a lot thicker than a fox's. was like real thick hair on its shoulder, like from its ears back was really dark black, um dark reddish black. I don't, I don't know, really. it just had like a mane, mm, like a Rhodesian Ridgeback, but a little fluffier. If you look up, uh yeah a red man wolf, it looked a lot like that, but
4: mm-hmm. not like
5: that. Like that's the cloak, like I, like I, you know, I was really big into like biology and like animal. I love animals, you know. Always was in the woods and all that, and uh, you know, I knew every animal in the area plus some, you know. So I like searched like encyclopedias, went to the library, did the, you know, didn't have the internet at the time. Did a lot of research, and I finally was like, this is it, and you know, that's like I was really sure of for a long time. It's like this is it, and then I was, but I was just telling myself that because I knew it wasn't exactly that was something I don't know how to describe it right not to say it seemed like intelligent or had like you know anything like that but just the way it looked down it looked like looking down on me but like laughing about it like like just like a fox like you know like a fox is like like sly and all that it was giving me a sly look like you can't do anything to me (laughs) (laughs) laughing at me wow not like I didn't I never felt threatened like because if I did I would have you know put the gun up and shot at it but I, never, I didn't ever even raise the gun because I just was like, this is hopeless. <laughs> like, you know, real pointless. And, like, we had chicken. Like, we literally we grew up, like, eating what we grew, like, chicken. Like, we ate our chickens, our eggs, everything. You know what I mean? So it was like, if a fox got the chicken and I watched it, my dad was going to be mad at me. You know what I mean? But,
4: mm-hmm.
5: I don't know, I just looked at it and I was like, I'm a, you know i didn't know what to say like i just was like this isn't supposed to be real or if it is it's not supposed to be here like you know what i mean like right that's all, that's all i could really think about that yeah but it was very dark around because it was like i was right in line with i didn't get like a side view because it literally just backed up into the woods like a couple steps like very smooth motion like not like i have two dogs and Uh, they don't walk backwards very well. You know what I mean? It's like a little jerky, you know, they're feeling behind them before they saw this thing just creep back into the woods and it's gone. And there's not that, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but there's that mound and then probably like 50 yards away is like a raised section of ground. It looks like a a footpath that somebody raised up. It's probably like two feet high, three feet wide that like cuts through those whole woods, like half, like divides it right in the middle. Well, hmm. it's real weird. I've never seen anything like that anywhere. But I was like, I always asked my dad what that was because I used to go in those woods and play a lot. Which is no squirrels. You'd see a couple birds on the edges, but there was like it was. I call it the quiet woods. when I was a kid because it was quiet. There was nothing in there. Oh, and I always asked my dad, like, what's up with the the road? I call it my road, and he's like, oh, that's the Indian. He goes, there was nothing you know, my dad. He always used to drive. He was a farmer, so we drove around, talked to all the old timers all the time. So he was like, "Oh, well, I was told that there was a massacre and they buried them like side by side." And it, he it was way bigger back in the day when when he first bought the property. But to so be like that area floods a lot, so like I I went back a mm, couple years ago and you know really hard to recognize anything in that because it's just like the mud and everything just there's a swamp nearby so the ground changes a lot pretty you know surprised how fast it changed from when when i was younger you know what i mean mm-hmm. but yeah it's a little it was a little weird over there so
2: how tall did you say it stood
5: so i was probably like five one to five three and it was it's eyes were i went its eyes were about level with me i don't know being me you all know, road distance apart isn't too far but maybe like height seems more you know maybe it was like maybe its ears were up to the top of my head or so but if I, if I was looking at right eyes like it was probably about four foot eight to five feet I'd say wow which is tall. considerably
2: yeah. bigger than if you look up the red mane wolf I mean that's considerably yeah. bigger than
5: they get yeah and I was like this thing's the size of me that's why I knew 22 wasn't gonna do anything you know what I mean like right I was like maybe if I shoot it in the eye, but like I really, I thought that afterwards, cause I, you know, I kind of beat myself off afterwards, like damn, like, good thing it didn't get anything, cause I'd be in a lot of trouble, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I never saw it again.
5: Nope, never saw, never saw that ever again, ever. But yeah, the the woods and the swamp are real uh, real weird out there. Like I grew up thinking that woods were quiet. Like I, got, I went, you know, when I started going up hiking, when I grew up, going out and do like the Adirondacks and stuff. I like, it's like, wow, these woods are alive. And the, the woods I was in as a kid was not, not hmm. alive, not, no like hardwoods, acorns, every you know, perfect squirrel. Cause I, you know, I had a 22 as a kid, probably wasn't the smartest idea. I had a BB gun. I probably would, you know, shot at squirrels if I ever saw one. I I moved to like the city. and I was like, "Y'all got squirrels here? Like, <laughs> this is bizarre." I didn't know we had squirrels in New York. You know what I mean? Like, wow, you know, a little, a little weird. But like, I never saw any of that. You know, just pretty much predators, <laughs> foxes and coyotes everywhere. that But that's probably why. I now that I think about it, but it still was a bizarre, bizarre woods. I went actually hiking this winter up the swamp. You can walk up when it freezes and still dead silent on the sunniest day in the winter I could find like dead silent. No birds,
2: nothing. Yeah, that's always creepy. not that I know
5: not that I know that has anything to do with anything. Sorry to cut you off there.
2: No, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean you never really know for sure. That's the weird thing about that silence. It's Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes the woods will go quiet and it just happens to be that time where the woods go quiet. But uh, if it's consistently quiet, that's
5: very strange. Yeah, yeah. My dad always always said, uh, like, I was always like, well, why don't you, because he hunts deer. He love hunting deer, archery, all that. I'm like, well, why don't you hunt across the swamp? Like, you own the property. He's like, there ain't nothing over there. Like, there's nothing over there. Hmm. He just he just knew it. Yeah. That's pretty much it, I think.
2: Well, Joe, thanks for sharing your stories. Yeah, you're
5: welcome. Thank you for uh, talking to me and letting me talk about it. Sure thing.
0: What's the easiest choice you can make?
2: All right, our last guest tonight is Justin, who's going to tell us about an Albatwitch-like creature he saw, a black-eyed man, and a rather large black wolf or black dog. Okay, tonight we're talking with Justin, who has an encounter with something that may or may not be an Albatwitch or something like it. And then uh, we're going to talk about some other stuff as well. But uh, let's start off with this creature sighting. Where was this and about how old were you when it happened? Okay, yeah. So uh, I was about,
6: let me think, I'm uh, probably 16 to 17 at the time. And this was driving a road that I've driven every week of my life, if not almost every day, especially after I started driving after that, you know, it was basically the one road to anywhere from the house. (laughs) So we took this all the time. And so me and my dad were just coming back one night from a, a meeting we were at. I actually recently talked to him about this too, and he remembers it. And we, uh, yeah, we saw it on the side of the road. I don't know if you want me to just jump into details and whole experience or. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we are coming home. It was. It would have been about 9.30 to 10 o'clock at night, if I remember how long those used to take. So we're going up a slight hill. There's a red barn to the left, and it's it's curving around to the right, and there's kind of old, overgrown farmland. It's quite dark. I don't think there's a moon out. And it was... Now that I'm thinking about it, I think it was sometime in the late fall, because I don't remember any foliage. So it would have been just... Uh, you know, uh, limbs and briars and you know how gnarly old apple trees can get. And it was Mm -hmm. apple trees, I think, after going back and looking at it on both sides of the road. Which is Um, interesting.
2: (laughs) Another (laughs) apple, apple orchard connection. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So we were headed southbound and coming up a little bit,
6: uh, kind of cresting this low, this low hill. And then I see something in the left lane and it's, it's almost onto the shoulder And it's this flash of white. My dad says he remembers it. He just describes it to me as a flash of white, white light, whatever. He didn't really go into too much detail. That might have been because my mom's there. He's kind of the Mulder. She's kind of the Scully. (laughs) (laughs) So I did get a pretty good look at it, though. And so I always begin by saying, I saw something white. I don't know what it was. It moved like nothing I've ever seen. You know, I grew up... uh, We had a huge amount of uh, fields back behind the house, hills, woods. I grew up, you know, just running around through them. I had calluses on my feet. I can still walk over gravel driveways without a problem. (laughs) You know, so I was a wild child. And um, then we moved, and we had a gravel pit and a swamp out back, so much the better. So I spent most of my life outside. I've always been really interested in animals and stuff, and I have books on local animals. And so I'm very, very passionate about, you know, every kind of animal that there is around here, that wasn't an animal that we have around here. <laughs> so people always say, "Oh, do you think it was a weasel?" Because I describe it had a very fluid kind of gliding or undulating motion to it as it moved. It was very strange, and so they say a weasel or an otter, and I say no because it was about two feet tall. It was white. It did kind of like move move in that um, almost like an inchworm motion that like otters you know otters might have. Mm-hmm. Kind of, they they roll forward and they bring their, I guess they bring their hinds up, kind of, yeah, basic, basically like an inchworm motion, yeah. It had something like that, but it also had another kind of motion to the body, and this this I saw extremely distinctly, and I can still see it to this day. It's uh, <laughs> burned into my memory. As it was moving, as it was doing this undulating, I saw something stick out from the back. So you have this. this normal-looking motion, then you have a backward motion sticking out, and that was its elbow. And that could not have been anything else. And so my impression was that this was a small... Basically, it, it was moving like a grade ape moved, except it was two feet high and basically looked albino. And because I could see its elbow sticking out as it was moving across the road down into the ditch, and then <clears throat> I get the impression that it looked over its shoulder at us as it was like just as it was disappearing
2: into the brush. So it was, and it was the strangest thing. It was hair covered. Yeah. White. The, the, the color was white. Mm-hmm. You said about two yep. feet tall. And was it bipedal? Yep. Yes, but it appeared to exhibit a knuckle-walking motion. Ah, okay. If it had stood it was, up straight, would it have been taller than two feet?
6: Yeah, pro- probably it would have been a little bit taller than two feet. If
2: mm-hmm. it had stood up straight. So it's kind of hunched over.
6: Yeah. So yeah, maybe I think maybe two and a quarter, two and a half feet would be a fair estimation if it stood
2: up. Yeah, because because it
6: was pretty hunched over, but its 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 arms were also they were not humanly proportioned.
2: If it had been a human that size, long, longer arms.
6: Yeah, if it had been human that size, the arms probably would have reached to the knees instead of to the mid thigh.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Did you get a look at its face at all?
6: I feel like I must have, but I don't really remember it.
4: So oh my, my memory God.
6: is eidetic. I don't have, like, a photographic memory, but I do see images.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Kind of more impressionist. But I guess I should say this. The fur on the animal, have you ever seen, like, a, an old guy's hair? And it, it's kind of, like, two to three inches long. It's white, but you can still also see the skin at the bottom, so mm-hmm. it's not very dense. Like, So it looked just like that. So I could see it wasn't like monochromatic because I have a distinct impression of seeing both the fur, but also an impression of either bald patches, perhaps. I think bald patches in the, um, in the axillary region and I'm sorry, (laughs) in the uh, armpit region. And I think on the elbows. And then I could also just like see the skin underneath. And I feel like there was some modeling, like some areas of the skin were a little bit darker, but only, you know, only just, I, I'd scratch that off the things I'm
2: sure about <laughs> list. So your father was driving, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you both saw it. Yes. I had a better look at it. He
6: says he definitely saw something like previously. I, I talked to him just uh, Sunday about this, actually. But previously he had said that it did look like a little white monkey.
4: Really? Huh.
6: Yeah. And I think, you know, with this thing, memory tends to fade over time. So this would have been 2000 and Six two 2007
2: Did you talk about it all on the, on the rest of the drive, or was it just one of those things where you just kind of... Uh,
6: we were about five minutes from home, and as I recall, it was just like, look, that! did you see that? What was that? I don't know. It looked like a monkey. Yeah. And, we, you know, craning our... That, that was basically how it went, you know, craning our heads. Mm-hmm. And there re- really wasn't that much to talk about, just like kind of sitting in silence as we tried to figure it out. Right, I think we might have talked out like ideas, like, do you think it was a mink? No, 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 you know, it's like that it was so,
4: right. yeah,
6: I mean, we we both saw it very clearly, I mean, just like we might have seen a uh, you know a, a deer crossing the road, except instead of a deer, it was a well, you know, Pockwudgie or a alba Twitch or <laughs> whatever you want to call it,
2: yeah, yeah, whatever the, these little things are, you never saw it again. No, I've never seen anything like that again.
6: I only just thought about this. but So there's a YouTube channel, um, Bob Gimlin, but it's spelled G-Y-M. Yeah, uh, He's very ape in the woods, but he's he's the whole reason I got into paranormal stuff. He's very ape in the woods, but he is top-notch, amazing stuff. He's the whole reason I got into deeper paranormal stuff, too. And I also think, you know, woo is great. Wu definitely exists, but you can't forget ape in the woods stuff, which just makes it so much more mysterious, you know? But um, so anyway, so he was talking about the, the Kushtaka, which uh, translates from, it's Northwestern First Nations term, I forget the tribe, but it translates to Otter Man, and he goes into like dissecting this, and it comes down to the kind of motion they exhibit, because they actually move like otters do in this undulating motion, and he actually goes through in this episode, I'll, I'll send you a link later, he, he talks about the kind of motion that uh, these Sasquatch or Skookum or... Krishdaka exhibit and he kind of details multiple accounts where this kind of like gliding or undulating or or like they're in water that mm-hmm. motion is described and to top it all off one of the people whose accounts he's retelling describes their motion as sylph-like mm-hmm. which you know josh Kutchin would be uh you know injured right.
2: fairy lore here yes <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, that that's very very interesting. I mean, if they are natural creatures, I think the way they move lends to so many people being confused by by them being natural creatures yeah. because of the smoothness yeah. of the movement and so forth.
6: I flip-flop back and forth, you know, sometimes I'm like, "Oh yeah, clearly they're, you know, 100% this," but then they, you know, it it's so mysterious because clearly they're you know, they they exhibit such normal characteristics, but such paranormal characteristics. And are there two kind of entities? Is there like a eschasis or masquerade going on? Like, yes, you know, I mean, you know, way more about Bigfoot than me, but it's it's just infinitely
2: mysterious. Oh yeah. Now, when you saw the patches of skin, did you get the impression that it was albino? Were they pinkish, or were they uh, another you color? Know, I.
6: Definitely got the impression that it was albino. The pigmentation seemed more like modeling liver spots or piebald as opposed to, like, the condition where, you know, patches of melanin on the skin break down and others don't, so you get, like, uh, uh, I guess that you could call that piebald.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: I'm not sure. I think that might be inappropriate if you refer to humans as that. Anyway, but... I, I, oh, vitiligo. That's it. Okay. It didn't look like that. It, it looked like natural coloration, like maybe... A bruise or, you know, maybe even just flushed skin. Like, you know, sometimes your elbows are red and the rest of your body's, you know, a different color
4: mm-hmm.
6: or something like that. Flushed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely got the impression that it was not pigmented. That was, yeah, more of like a flush or a bruise or a liver spot.
2: So, just to be clear, you, you think it was an albino creature and not just a white creature?
6: Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the Morlocks from... The time machine. Um, i re- Oh man, that that was the scariest episode uh, of Wishbone, that show on PBS. But yeah, it, it looked very near to albino,
4: mm-hmm.
6: um, as opposed to a creature that's non-albino but has white fur. You know, because there's there's in albino creatures, there's just this like more translucent or th- there's a different quality to the hair because it has no pigmentation at all. Right. It's like clear. So yeah, it definitely seemed to resemble that.
2: That's really interesting. The number of white creature reports that I am seeing lately is is really interesting. You know, I, I do not know what to make of that. We always had them. I mean, I've I've tracked white Bigfoot reports in Pennsylvania back to the 1800s. So, you know, they've been here, the reports of, of these white creatures. But it seems like there's just this storm of, of white creature reports lately. I keep running into them. I don't know if you heard way back when we did uh, the Devil Monkey show with Kelly and Aaron, that whatever they saw was white as well.
6: I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah. you know, albinism can be genetically passed on, or, you know, what's the purpose of this stuff? Yeah, and then if it relates back to, like, archetypes. Everything everybody (laughs) seen at Site 7 has been either light gray or white. Like interest the uh, except the the Lori did see a, like a weasel like creature and i believe that was that was more of a natural brown color like a giant mm-hmm. giant weasel or something she saw the, the way she described it but so uh, nice. everything else that we've seen there has been either white or like gray so that's you know I don't know what to make yeah
6: it's well, i know somebody did once i this came up in conversation i'm not sure if it was my idea or theirs, but it kind of came up during the course So Dave Pilates is a very um, controversial figure. Um, And somebody's saying, well, you know, he talks about Bigfoot being so-and-so, just another tribe, whereas other First Nations people, you know, they have very different, you know, all sorts of tribes have very different impressions of Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's another tribe, sometimes it's a spirit creature, creature, sometimes it's, you know, so it's all across the board. And so what kind of came up in conversation was, well, maybe all these different, Reports all the different appearances; it's different subspecies or different tribes across the United States. So you have the dog man, you have the white ones, you have the brown ones, so on and so forth.
2: Yeah. Oh, I and mean the
6: difference. It's yeah,
2: yeah. It, it could be possible. I mean, certainly the descriptions vary an incredible amount. You know, from uh, baboon-faced I mean, for, things that stand on two legs to you know, things that look like cavemen to, you know, these little ones. I mean, it's just, they're just all over the map, the descriptions of them.
6: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, certainly if there is a flesh and blood element, obviously the ones, you know, the the Miyaka skunk ape is not related to things seen in Alaska because they're hundreds of miles apart. (laughs) So, obviously there's speculation going on if they are flesh and blood.
2: I mean, I love the mystery. So, when I say it's, you know, it's, it's such a puzzle, it's, it's it's with love that I say that because I love the entire thing. It's, it's just, I, I'm, I'm in love with the whole mystery. I just, you know, I'm oh. and I'm willing to uh, go down any path, at least for a little while. I, I lean a certain way, but it's just, you know, it's because my, my heart and my love is in folklore and always will be, but uh, I'm certainly willing to put on the, the uh, yeah. zoological hat here and there and explore the idea of, uh, of them being different species and so forth. It's, it's just something I yeah, I just love the whole the whole mystery.
6: I think you have to be able to wear different masks and uh dance different dances in order to really find the truth. I think both Valet and Kiel uh alluded to that. You know, you have to be able to have simultaneous theories that you do and don't believe at the same time in order to get anywhere. And if you get locked into one paradigm, you you know, suffer a slow death of curiosity. Well, slow death of understanding. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, that's so the danger, in the way. I think. It's
6: nice that it's so so varied because you know it really prevents you from getting locked into one way of seeing things.
4: <laughs> hmm.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Every time you know, you, th- you think one thing, something will come along and, and tap you on the shoulder and say, you know, but what about this? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of weird stuff, so tell me about this black-eyed person you saw.
6: Oh. Okay. Yes. Uh, this actually happened just over one year ago, almost to the date, Like within. Uh, a week of a year ago. Basically, I moved out of that area and came down south a little bit more to the big city, (laughs) going from a tiny town to a, you know, kind of larger city. It's actually technically a city, so that's a big step up. So I'm working at a hospital now. So I've been working there for about a month at this point. So you can check the uh, transition time and life box there. Around this time, I also did have an episode of sleep paralysis. not sure if it happened before or after, which is frustrating. but um anyway, so yes, I was walking back from my break. I was uh, coming down the corridor. there is a basically it's a um a t it's a t corridor t-shaped section with another i guess uh, walkway off the left underneath the left side of the t. and so at at that uh, kind of intersection there you have, this bank of elevators. And so people will come from any of the directions and wait for the elevators to go up. I'm coming back from my break, walking up toward the T, and I want to go all the way up to the top and t- then take a left into the into the lab. This guy looked like he might have come out of the um, the lower entrance to the left, which would have been the, the west entrance, um, which, by the way, is employee only, so I'm not sure how he got in. He could have tailgated somebody, so that's not that mysterious. The first thing that strikes me about this guy is that he has a very interesting physiology. And, I, I mean, I find it really interesting to kind of, like, study aspects of, like, oh, you know, French, you know, these are French characteristics, these are Scottish, and trying to kind of guess people's, uh, you know, their background. I find that quite interesting and cool, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm always interested when I see somebody with, like, interesting characteristics. I also used to do a lot of sketching, too, so... You know, I'm always looking at people.
4: Right.
6: So, when I was young, my friends had a mask of a man who was bald, with big ears, and a big nose, very, very goofy, very caricature. This guy looked like the person that mask was based on. He had very large ears that stuck out. He had a very big nose, bald head. He looked as far as you could get into a caricature while still actually being a human being. It was so strange. And he had, like, Leathery brown skin, like construction worker tan.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: Almost Greek. Almost. And I was not really into paranormal stuff at all at, all at this point. I didn't know about black-eyed anything. Um, so this was this was kind of like the aha moment for me because I only found out about what it was afterwards. I'm like, oh, crap, you know, that, this is actually a thing. So anyway, this very peculiar-looking guy who immediately attracted my t- attention is standing there. And he's wearing a black long sleeve T-shirt, new jeans, and new sneakers. Um, Because jeans, you can pretty much see when, you know, new jeans, they have, like, a very distinctive, you know, bright dye color. And when you put them through one wash, you can kind of see the weathering. It looks like he walked out of the store wearing these, which was kind of strange, especially given how weathered he looked. There's, like, this immediate dichotomy between this guy who had, like, What looks like brand new sneakers without any creases in them, and brand new jeans, and yet there's this guy who's very—he's bald, you know, deep uh, deep wrinkles on his head, and like very very tan. So it was it was weird, you know. You'd expect him to be wearing like not sneakers, but like hiking boots or something. Right. That's just me. But so he's standing there. His hips are cocked, so he's putting most of his weight on one foot. Both of his hands are in his pockets. And he's kind of like um, bouncing a little bit. Like, so to me, it looked initially like, you know, sometimes when people are nervous, they get a little bit theatrical. They're like, ha, 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 which way should I go? And they're kind of like waiting for your help. Our hospital is kind of difficult to find your way in sometimes. So it's common courtesy to, you know, look for people who might be lost, especially at this particular junction and then give them directions. So that was another reason why my radar immediately turned on. I was like, oh does this guy need help? Because he was kind of like standing there. The stance actually was not as nervous as I thought it was, but it was more like cocky almost, like cocky, self-assured. Like he almost had like a very smug look on his face. Ah, It's very hard to explain, but that's just the vibe I got off of him. And I'm usually pretty empathic, so I think that's more or less correct. So he had like this weird smugness about him, weird smug stance. And so, you know, he was kind of like, looking this way and that way. And then as I almost walked up to him, I was going to say something to him, he turns and looks my way. And I can see one of his eyes. And it is completely pitch black. And my heart goes pretty cold. Um, like there is this deep pang of fear that like hits me head to toe. And so like I've, I've bumped into a bear, you know, when I was in Alaska, six in the morning going to the bathroom in the campground, bear didn 't really get that scared, same place I walked between a moose and her baby. Ooh. almost messed my pants, but i didn't have the same fear reaction you know it you know it's almost like time kind of slows down. I have more reactions, same thing with like you know car accidents or when I'm slipping and there's somebody in the way you know it, it, it's like time slows down, I can make more decisions, I can think more clearly, I can analyze, I can you know kind of figure out what's going on, and that's pretty consistent with me, but in this case it's almost like time sped up. It's almost like next thing I knew, I was down to the left in the lab, my heart beating in my ears, and like this, this twin, it almost felt like something grabbing my heartstrings, so to speak, not in a very romantic way, but like in, in like the, the, just the tense fear that gripped me. It was like almost, you know, it was almost like somebody hit an override switch. That's what I'm going to say. I mean, that that's jumping straight to the To like conspiracy theory theory, territory, but that's how it felt. It felt like somebody just hit the panic, fear, don't interact override switch, and like my decisions were made for me. I was maybe I was just so scared by whatever that gaze was that, you know, it just went to a whole new level of fear in me, which again, I hadn't experienced before. And walking in front of a bear or between a moose and her uh, calf, I never got that either. And, I mean, those are two situations you do not want to be in. No. no. So, yeah, it's like my brain, like, just blanked out, and I just, like, skipped. I went on autopilot until I was away from that situation. It was, yeah, it was so weird and so unsettling. It took me, like, I had to sit down and uh, (laughs) kind of calm down because I just, yeah, I was so uh, kind of unsettled by what well, that
2: that kind of fear reaction? I mean, that's that's what people report with these black-eyed entities. You know, where they're just they're just overtaken by that fear, and you wonder. like, Hearing all these stories, I wonder, you know, does anyone ever let the black-eyed kids in because they seem to be like they're immediately terrified of them. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: yeah, I've
6: heard supposedly one story where it happened. Yeah, I. I
2: I heard a couple where where people said they did, or, yeah. or uh, I guess David Weatherly when he was on, he said the woman, the one woman, uh, the kid was in the back of their car. Yeah, herself.
6: yeah, oh yeah, that one too. So if I ever tell this story around a campfire, there's an ending I add on. This is the campfire story ending. It's true, but it may or may not be connected. But it's so much creepier. About five minutes later, there's a code blue two floors up, which she could have easily reached from you know the elevator was going to. <laughs> So, uh, code blue, you know, somebody's a cardiac arrest. Okay. Um, So, you know, kind of angel death vibes there. You know, Mm. it happens a lot at a hospital, unfortunately. Yeah. uh, Or maybe fortunately, because we're there to take care of them. Right, (laughs) right. But, um, you know, it's just a fun bit of spooky correlation. Whether it's worth anything, I doubt it, but, you know, hey.
2: And, of course, you never saw him again or anything
5: no
6: yeah never saw him again no one else oh, he looked like he was um like caucasian i mean like caucasian isn't like from the caucasus region like mm-hmm. he looked like he was could have been like georgian could have had some like you know like around that area right kind of just the general vibe i got from his facial features but the gigantic ears and big nose don't correlate at all
2: <laughs> and no no one else who worked there mentioned seeing and or anything
6: no and i don't know if anybody else saw him, just because of uh, there were multiple people in the corridor at the same time, but they were passing, and I didn't see any of them like talk to him, look at him, acknowledge him, or like intentionally avoid him. Mm-hmm. But so I'm not, I'm not sure if anybody else saw him.
2: Right, right. Which may or may not mean anything, you know. It's yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting though. Creepy. And
6: so then over my lunch, I was talking to a friend about it and she was, she was home and she was like looking this stuff up and she said, you knew about this, right? And I'm like, knew about what? And she's like, black eyed kids, black eyed adults. And she was listening to me all this stuff. And I hadn't even heard about the whole men in black having an olive skin tone thing before either. Like at this point, my, my paranormal interest was limited to, I think I had just started listening to some coast to coast stuff. And this was like, you know, uh, shadow government, black triangle UFOs, my life is a space marine, you know, that kind of stuff.
4: Like,
2: right, not
6: right. even not even truly paranormal. Right. More, more conspiracy theory. So I, I was just beginning to dip in my toes in. And, oh, and so, yeah, story. I had no idea about any of this stuff, and my friend was, like, giving me all these details, and she's like, that fits, that fits. Like, wait a second, holy crap, you said that, you know, he looked like this. And so it was, that was definitely confirmation for me. Something that I also kind of forgot to mention is when I saw, I also saw basically where I saw the the white creature on the road, I also saw a gigantic black wolf with my aunt. And, you know, this thing was far larger than any wolf can be. We don't have wolves and we don't have black wolves. Oh, yeah, it's, that's right. You, you did mention so. that.
2: And it, it was at the same place. Yeah, How yeah, long? basically. How far, uh, how long, you know, apart were these sightings?
6: I have no reference for that. <laughs> It could have been in the same time period. It could have been, you know, it might have been like two years apart.
4: Mm -hmm.
6: Yeah, but I I don't really have a a good memory. for uh, Time and me don't get along too well. (laughs) (laughs) No, I understand. But it was
2: like a wolf.
6: Yeah. Yeah, and and she she also saw that. And, you know, it was funny. I was talking to her about it at Thanksgiving because I was trying to organize these thoughts. And she's, you know. Oh yeah, it's a, you know, a gigantic black wolf, you know, wolves don't get that big. It was way too big. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it couldn't have been a wolf. And she's like, well, no, it was a wolf. What else could it have been? She was contradicting herself because very much in denial. Um, but she's an experiencer. I think she, she can like read people. She's super empathic. You know, she, well, she's, she's just known certain things about people that were later proved to be true. Like that, for example, that they were abusers or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, she's she's very much not into anything paranormal, but she, she has all the markings, you know. She also has like chronic migraines, which I've heard of in a few other cases. And it's interesting that I was both with my dad, who is also, he also sees things when I saw the white thing. And I was with my aunt when I saw the bargast, as I call it.
2: Right, right, the um, big black dog. Yeah. Um, so, so how big was it? Uh, Can you make an estimation? Oof, I mean, I want to say five feet at the shoulder. Wow. Yeah, that's a and big dog. I, I have
6: seen Newfoundlands. I know what Newfoundlands are. That was not a Newfoundland. <laughs> and it wasn't a bear.
2: Wow. Was it moving?
6: In, yeah, in... It, was, uh, it was running across the road.
2: Okay. So, so you saw it in motion?
6: Yep. Wow. Same, the right to left motion, heading west, you know. Same uh, direction that the other one was heading.
2: And was it, it, it j- roughly in the same area or almost almost exactly in the same area as the albitoid or whatever creature? Give or take 50 feet. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, in terms of this stuff, might as well be same spot. Wow. Yeah.
6: Well, and here, here's the craziest thing. that. So my grandparents once owned this big chunk of land. My dream took place at my grandparents' house. I've always got the creepiest vibes when I was like dog sitting for them and staying over the night. Like I'd leave all the lights in the house on. Um, but they used to own this property too. This is this is just like maybe uh, not even a quarter mile north of their house, you know, because they live on on a hill, and so it, it's uh, there's roads on the other side of the hill, of course, in the valley areas, and so this is just the north property, north boundary of what used to be their property,
4: mm-hmm.
6: and so it I don't know, it seems kind of focused on this area, and I mean I've also had a few other. Like once I got freaked out in the woods, I didn't see anything. I don't think I saw anything, but you know, I had just like the get out sensation and I sprinted. And in that same area I had slept there before. I you mean, know, I'd mapped in the moth in that spot before, so there's no reason to be scared. And yet I just got this overwhelming get out sensation. Yeah. So yeah.
4: Yeah,
6: yeah, I feel like there is kind of like this, this area thing going on, you know, it's, it's not like seeing a UFO, like, Close encounters of the third kind, but it's as it equally inexplicable.
2: Yeah, yeah, but and it, to me, it just makes sense. It's one of these these hallmarks of other stuff. You know, people see yeah. black dogs and other things.
6: Yeah, and we and we live in an area that was settled by uh, primarily like Scottish uh, immigrants, so
2: mm-hmm.
6: kind of the importing your folklore thing going mm-hmm.
4: on. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, yeah, people do tend to bring their folklore with them. Which is something I love, of course. That's a, that's an idea I absolutely love. They said that yeah, the uh, the Pennsylvania Dutch brought the Albertwitches with them so they wouldn't be homesick. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so in that case, it was it was literally like intentionally bringing it. Well, the, it, you know, Supposedly. I think I think that's a, a little bit of folkloric humor. I don't think anyone ever of thought that, that, that they put one in a cage <laughs> and, and brought it over with them or anything. Yeah. And in fact, the, <laughs> the Albertwitch in Germany. And Austria is like a bird thing. I mean, it's like Ooh. it has humanoid qualities, I think, but it's it's like a, this weird bird thing. It That's seems weird. like uh, whatever they saw over here, they just they gave the name for whatever, you know, the, the weird thing they were seeing over there is, even though it was a different weird thing. Mm. It's like, oh, it's a weird thing. We'll just call it an Alp Twitch.
6: Interesting. Another thing that I, I picked up, you know, by the way, you talk about how Alb translates to Elf, right? Mm hmm. Yes. Alb also translates to white. Uh, yes, Albion.
2: Yeah, um, in, in, so uh,
6: I, yeah. I've, that's always just like a little thing I thought about. Like it means you know white and elf and like more of like the coloration thing. It's just
4: mm-hmm. yeah, true.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's something to think about. Oh <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad we came back around to the. I, I would have felt bad if we missed the black dog story. So very interesting, very interesting. I was on a bigfoot investigation recently. And they had uh, big black wolves. They had mountain lions. They had weird lights and ghosts. All along with oh, big, wow. all along with Bigfoot, it was like a checklist. Uh, and I didn't, nice. you know, I only had to ask for like any other weird stuff, and here comes the checklist. I was like, check, 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 check. Okay, yeah, so it <laughs> all makes uh, sense. Playing bingo. Yep. Well, Justin, thanks so much for sharing your stories.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for uh, taking the time.
2: Thanks for listening, everybody. We're quickly headed to episode 100. We are working on a special show for episode 100 that I think everybody will like. Remember, you can always find us at strangefamiliars.com. There was a little glitch with our website forwarding. We have that all figured out now. You might have to reset your browser if you had us bookmarked and you're getting a funny message. Go to strangefamiliars.com and reset that bookmark or refresh your browser. Everything should be up and running and working great now. StrangeFamiliars.com, you can find us there all the time. And our email again is StrangeFamiliarsPodcast at gmail.com. We will be back next week with another episode of Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Darkhollerarts.com Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. And you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. You can join the Strange Familiars gathering group as well on Facebook.
4: We are also on Instagram, at Familiars.